Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Just like that, the second hour is here. It will include Armando Salguero of OutKick.com. We'll be talking NFL headlines with him coming up in 20 minutes. Later, one big thing on every NFL game across the league for week 11, and we'll talk more about college football. Snow in Buffalo affecting week 11. The noon central 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff in Orchard Park, New York could be in jeopardy between the Bills and the Browns because of an epic snowstorm. The current forecast calls up for four, up to four feet of lake effect snow that will put everything on a deep freeze and potentially the game headed out of town. Um, it would be Buffalo the Bills having a better shot of getting out than the Browns getting in. That's the only thing I can come up with here. And I know uh, Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, uh, she said that the one of the options would be Detroit and Ford Field for one of the potential landing spots for the game itself between the Browns and Bills. Um, but they're monitoring this and they're in communication with both teams about possibly relocating the game. I'm with you, Chad. I, I want to see this game. I mean, they... They played uh, they, you know, the, the wind game last year between the Bills and Patriots. Yeah, the th- I mean, what, three passes, they, I think, yeah, by the Patriots uh, in the game, if that. The, I mean, the, the elements and the factors. It's Buffalo. Of, That's why you I watch. I know, I'm with you. This time of year. Come yeah. on. And did I hear correctly, thunder snow, possibly? That's what, yeah. It's a, some epic snowstorm. Snowmageddon. I, uh, my, my brother-in-law grew up in Hamburg, New York, just outside of Orchard Park outside of Buffalo. And in 1977, he sent me something today. They had a blizzard that uh, uh, accumulated, I think, 88 inches of snow or something along those lines. Wow. And he was uh, sharing pictures. You can go and Google it and see the images from it. And he talked about when he was a kid actually digging out a tunnel from his front door to try to get to the street in a tunnel of, of snow. Four feet. Uh, that is what... Um, that's what I want to see in a football game, quite frankly. I want to see them try to play in these conditions. So the other thing is it's expected to be, the snow will be on the ground there by late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, which might be one of the reasons why the NFL feels like playing the game there is still possible, right? Because you can try to get everything ready for the game itself. But, I mean, I... If they're if Buffalo's not ready for the blizzard, <laughs> who is? Think about how bad this must be. Yeah, who is? No one. If Buffalo's not ready, um, and there have been some great games in the past there in the snow. But here's hoping they get it done. They now the Bills may protest. Well, I say protest. They may say no. We're not going to Detroit because I think it's like a two and a half hour drive from Cleveland. So the Browns fans could easily make that game if they want to. Uh, there are other stadiums available uh, down the East Coast that could also. Well, what, what is the, you know, if they could just get the team there, um, would there be a stipulation to try to keep people safe 
to say we're going to play this with no fans in attendance. If you could get the field cleared enough to play the game, you could do that, and it's a TV product that you don't lose, and you play it in Buffalo, and you don't play on a neutral field, and you get your own home facilities and all that, but you have the bummer of not playing in front of your home crowd. I mean, I'm sure the league can do whatever they want. You know, we had a pandemic where there was no fans anywhere across sports, so they could just say, but for emergency purposes and safety purposes, we're not allowing fans there because we don't want people trying to trek to the stadium on Sunday in four feet of snow to try to go tailgate and break some tables in they, four feet of snow. And, you know, who knows with Bills fans? Like, they will be there probably tailgating, dying of hypothermia. Well, what happens Shirtless, if the- jumping through a table <laughs> with hot sauce draped around it and on fire during the, you know, pregame for that game. That's what their fans will do. I mean, if, you got to save them from them, themselves at times. If the forecast, though, is off by a matter of hours, like six hours, then, then you look stupid if you move it. No, I mean, then or it's, it then it's going worse. to hit right around kickoff, and then you've got everything on top of you as you're trying to get out of there. I think that's the other issue, too. Um, we'll, we'll monitor this because they've got to figure this out relatively fast here because you've got to make all these scheduling adjustments and travel adjustments that uh, that either team, both teams in this case, would have to be making. Uh, I've been told that our meteorologist, Davey Hudson, is on it, and he'll update us with any right. developments in that cold front and the snow in western New York. The Philadelphia Eagles have signed Indomitian Sue uh, to their defensive front, one of the big signings today. The, the other one we're continuing to wait on is Odell Beckham Jr. And there was a report out over the weekend that He's hoping to land somewhere by the end of this month. So within the next couple of weeks, I bring that up because Buffalo was one of those potential landing spots because of one of his best friends, Von Miller, um, recruiting him, helping recruit him to Los Angeles because it was Green Bay or Los Angeles. And one of the factors uh, was, was Von Miller helped recruit him to the Rams last year. Can he do it with Buffalo? There will be some other teams involved. Uh, the NFL is going Hollywood. We'll start with a story with... Tom Brady, who's producing and stars in his own film coming up, 80 for Brady, that is, I guess, roughly based on a true story from Super Bowl 51 in Atlanta. We were there. That's the, the Patriots I think it's, win. I think it's the Houston Super Bowl. That's uh, what it's based on. It's based on the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl, right? I thought it was about the... I read something where it was based on a... Loosely based on a true story about women going to Houston okay. when Brady was in the Super Bowl. Um well, there's so many. It could be any of them, right? I guess. Um, yeah. So they're they're basing this off of uh, a true story with fans going to meet him or something. Super fans. <laughs> Hutton, you're being way too serious about this uh, this movie. It is terrible. Oh, I, I'm I, not going to see it. I am a fan of cinema. Okay. I'm not going to see it. Um, this is the movie is inspired by true stories. It tells the tale of drop? four friends who travel to Houston. To attend the Super Bowl between the Patriots and Falcons. Okay. So it was in Houston, but it was the Patriots-Falcons that come back uh, for Brady and, and the Patriots. Um, so he wants... Is, this is a movie based on the, the 24-3. Well, it's a movie based on four old women going to watch the, the, yeah. the comeback. Well... I mean, doesn't this happen every year? Don't, like, really old friends get together and go to a game? I guess. Like, hey, this might be my last chance to see my team in the Super Bowl and my favorite player... Let's go to the Super Bowl. Is this really uh, a true story worthy film? I just feel bad. I, I'm I like the actresses in it. They've had great careers. 
Yeah, who's, it's so it's really, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Marino from West Side Story way back in the day, who I think is like 92. So we're, do- we're uh, dolly she's, short she's of making it 9 to 5. Yeah. Uh, Sally Field, who's great, who's been in a ton of great stuff. She was Forrest Gump's mom, Hutton. She was in Smokey and the Bandit. She was. This woman is an Academy Award winner, and you've got Academy Award nominees and it has to say at the end of this just trash trailer, Academy Award nominee Jane Fonda. I, I'm sad for them watching the trailer. It, Hutton, this is the worst of a sports movie meets the worst of a buddy road trip comedy. <laughs> That's what this trailer looks like. I think we're headed for more of this. It is terrible. The NFL has partnered with the Top Gun Maverick studio. They've invested a boatload of money moving forward in more studio productions. And I think what they're trying to do is to get in the space that like LeBron's in and that some of the NBA guys are in. Garnett with Sandler, right? I think the next, the next step for them and one of the reasons why they invested so heavily in Los Angeles is because of the Hollywood factor. Um, and they, they had the report through uh, front office sports about the, uh, the contract with uh, Skydance Media is the Top Gun Maverick studio. And the NFL is paying them to create documentaries as well as fictional movies and shows on top on top of everything they're doing with hard knocks they're doing more um direct film made for netflix or whatever things that they tied it in with um uh ben affleck has a he's partnered with amazon prime through this studio to do something on sonny vaccaro who was uh the guy from nike who helped negotiate the air jordan deal yeah, the the uh, shoe wars or whatever it is, the yeah. the, the book. It's yeah. based on the book. So there, I think by Michael Lewis, who did Moneyball and Blindside. I think it's his book. I believe that they're developing. Uh, Matt Damon's going to be in it as well in that movie. It's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck that I read. That's good. All, all of those guess. things are good. Documentaries by Skydance, good. This is bad. The eighty for Brady trailer is now. But I did watch and think, you know what? My mom will probably enjoy this. So. Look, there's a demo out there for everything. I'm going to send this to my mom during the break. Gronk is in and, this. And just ask, hey, what do you think about this? I'm not going to say anything good or bad about it. There's a random Guy Fieri drop in movie? this, right? Yeah. Uh, Gronk, Edelman. I'm sure his whole crew. Who? Danny Woodhead. Yeah, we can't hear oh. anything in the studio when people speak. Uh, Danny Woodhead, though. I did uh, hear that one. Um, Danny Woodhead? is, is that, That's going to be on the marquee? I don't know. Um, uh, they're in the. They're, I think they're in the trailer somewhere. There's a Julian have, Edelman cutout in it that one of the ladies uh, semi makes love to at one point. That was one of the comedic relief. Moments. So I, it, it if this, you if you really think that's funny, then let me tell you about the rest of the trailer because it's well, got just great moments of that, that comedic would be, gems like that. That w- like that, an 80 year old woman grabbing a cutout of Julian Edelman and saying, "Oh, he's cute." I that's mean, what we all want to see. If they wanted to go just straight reality, it was Julian Edelman who was with that woke up with the woman and with, uh, uh, the, no he was asleep yeah. and there was a selfie yeah when he was bearded and then they, he showed up the didn't he show up at the parade like clean shaven or something got to get some nda signed yeah. next time julian yeah it look it looks this, awful this, th- that means this film is loosely based on the truth if it's just a cutout that she's making love to yeah but the woman in the video i don't believe was 80 <laughs> if i remember correctly <laughs> my memory isn't deceiving me i think the, that woman was not 80 years old yeah, this it, is. Uh, it looks it looks miserable. I hope whatever this other development deal is with the NFL is going to be far more uh, 
lucrative and productive than what this film appears to be. I mean, there, there, there could also be some really bad things. I don't, I don't, I don't find too many current NFL personalities like really good actors, right? They, they've got brands. Yeah, they need to do documentaries. I mean, if, unless like you're going to pretty get, good at playing himself, unless right? you're going like to get the superhero guy. Yeah, but I mean, who would be that guy for Hollywood in the NFL right now? Did anyone watch the Kevin James portray Sean Payton movie where he coached the high school team or whatever it was, the kids' team that was on one of these? No. I didn't watch. I'm just, my point no. is, like, you have to have a truly compelling... If it's going to be something that's great, we all know the stories most of the time. So unless you go eight to ten levels deeper in a documentary or you're going to tell us about a story that's undercovered that we don't know a lot about and have good, compelling performances, oh, this is, it's not worth it. This is going to be awful, too, because this this <laughs> the release date is a week before the Super Bowl this year, this coming season, and you know they're going to be all over Oh, Radio I'll interview Road. all of them. I mean, I'll gladly this, talk about how awesome the movie is if we get to talk to Jane Fonda on Radio Row when well, we're in, in Arizona. We'll end up with... Uh, you know, Guy Rita Marino, F- Guy Fieri in the cutout of Julian. <laughs> I would Elvis. love to interview Guy Fieri. Look, I'll have anyone. I'll have hell, Danny. I'll have Danny Woodhead on just for you if he's there on Radio Road doing interviews. I'll interview any of them. Yeah, I want to talk to them. I'm I don't want to talk to not, them about this. I'm not going to see this film, so <laughs> I'll just say, "Hey, uh, 80 for Brady's hey. out in theaters. Tell us about it. How much fun was that to me?" Our, uh, our good friend of the show, Tim Graham, who joined us last week, he reports that the the Buffalo game has been moved to Ford Field in Detroit. This is a benefit for the Browns. Because it's easier for Browns fans to get there now. It's a two and a half hour drive, so we're not going to be the we're not going to be snow, snowed in. So Buffalo loses a home game, possibly yeah. sacrificing it for what turns into a home game for the Browns. Fun. Is, is there some uh, NFL compensation for this? I don't know. Probably not. I've never heard about it. Whenever they have to like move the Dolphins game, we can ask Armando that. Yeah. When they when they move a Dolphins game for a hurricane. Armando would be the one to know about this. That's the most frequent issue is I've always thought it's foolish that the NFL schedules Miami home games the first two weeks of the regular season in September, right in the heart of hurricane season. And if it's not, if it's not directly hitting it's, there's a threat of one that is just offshore that moved out just in time for the, the season to kick off just after Labor Day. Uh, coming up, we dive into week 11 across the National Football League. Armando Salguero of Outkick.com joins us next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Tonight, Thursday night football. Titans on the road against the Green Bay Packers. They, I think the uh, signs are pointing to Jeffrey Simmons' defensive tackle for the Titans being able to play. Listed as questionable. But he, was, he sounded pretty confident this week uh, based on what he was saying out of the locker room in a short week with the media availability. Uh, ben Jones is out. Yeah, they're Titans starting center. Sounds like they're going to move Aaron Brewer, their left guard, to center, and Dylan Radins will be the left guard. That's my... That's what I'm hearing. It's not so, great. I don't know if they've officially announced that, but that's... it. it no, it's not great. Not, not great for a team that's trying to run the football. And um, Now, granted, they... Typically, with Brewer, they've been okay moving him around. But. Concussion with Ben Jones... Mm-hmm. That may be concussion the only, protocol. That may be the only way that they keep him out of a game. Armando Salguero will join us. We'll see him whenever he pops in, and, and we'll certainly talk uh, talk NFL headlines there. The ju- Aaron Judge's sixty second home run ball headed to auction because someone offered three million dollars and it was denied. Is it, it? How much is that worth? Clearly, more than three million, but it's not the home run ball. Like I mean, I realize it's Judge. It's the it's the AL record, but the the marketing of this I think is way higher. It's really inflated the value of this baseball. Like twenty years from now, is the Aaron Judge number sixty two going to have the same relevance yeah, and, and ring it, to? Does like, it go up? Like if it if right. it's still there, if it's still the AL record, uh, does the price tag go up? Right. Stay static? Go down? Or is this just a really rich person that wants it in their storage room, that wants it on their mantle as a conversation piece? Because I, I don't, I don't know if it's something hunting you buy that is a resale type item, yeah, or is I mean, it just I, someone that's so rich that collects sports memory that just wants to have it? I mean, I think it's cool, but I don't know. I, I just and didn't some billionaire catch it? No, it was it was a very I don't know he's a billionaire. But it's a very wealthy guy who's like in a, owns a, like a wealth management firm in Dallas that caught it. Yeah, so it's at a, I, I'm I'm actually fascinated by this because turning down three million dollars for that, I it, to drive the price up. There are people out there that like the uh, the well, and maybe he doesn't want to sell it ultimately. Again, like if saw, you're already wealthy, like no, do you just want no, to have he wants to he's, sell uh, it. He's already contacted the auction house that's going to do it. Um, Babe Ruth's baseball glove, though. I saw this pop-up um, auction. So the, the money for this, uh, $1.5 million for Babe Ruth's glove from the 1920s. But the Aaron Judge home run ball is going for over $3 million. If you get a Babe Ruth glove, does it require upkeep, or do you not touch it because you might damage it? 
a basement. Because I feel like something that old would almost disintegrate when you picked it up if you handled it. Or is it just in a glass case somewhere? I'm always curious about that. If you have some sort of artifact, I know this isn't an ancient artifact right. that would completely dissolve, but if it's that old, we're talking about an old small leather glove that Babe Ruth used, do you keep it completely c- contained in something where no one can touch it or mess with it, or do you take the thing out for maintenance where someone with you know, so white gloves comes in and knows exactly have, how to handle it? They have verified that this is his glove, and... It's from the 1927 Yankees. And it only went for a million and a half. That's my point here. The guy turned down three million for the judge home run ball. And just real quick, worn by uh, Babe Ruth, the Louisville Slugger Museum and Factory um, had the auction. And, of course, the winning bidder not identified. But, I mean, it's the highest paid price ever for a glove. It's verified, but yet this baseball that's the AL record is going to be that gonna much. Be he got double, turned down for three million. Turned down for three million. Yeah. Incredible. Hit us up at Outkick three hundred and sixty. Coming up, we'll go through the NFL injury report, SEC's Vegas rankings, and we'll tell you about the the neutral field aspect of how Vegas views uh, the college football world right now compared to the Southeastern Conference. And one big thing on every NFL game. Um, we can tell you one NFL game being moved to Detroit. Tim Graham with the report. And I know Armando's had this story at Outkick.com as well about the possibility of snowmageddon in Buffalo up to four feet, maybe more, uh, falling in Orchard Park and beyond. And unfortunately, Chad, we're not going to see our first snow game of the 2022 season because Buffalo and Cleveland will play in Detroit this week at Ford Field. Armando Salguero joins us from Outkick.com for his weekly visit. Armando, good to see you. And uh, are you as bummed as we are that we're not going to be able to watch Bills and Browns Snowmageddon on Sunday at 1 Eastern? Yes. Uh, I, I I am not surprised that you two gentlemen are one of those people that are rooting for chaos. Yes. Uh, so, so We're a fan. Uh, and I'm right there with you, by the way. <laughs> I'm right so, there with you. There's a difference. And you you know the chaos. I, I know the feeling because we were there for the longest game in NFL history. The Titans were, uh, at the time, doing the, the broadcast. And, uh, of course, you're, you're there in Miami, too. The, hurricane season's different for me. I don't want the chaos of Miami in September. But snow, I want more and more of it. Like, the, the, the aspect of that is a lot of fun, and I'm bummed. I'm genuinely bummed when I get to watch this on Sunday afternoon. Why they move? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things at play here, Jonathan and Chad. And one of them is that it's actually not going to be terrible during the game. Uh, apparently, the weather reports, being weather reports, um, say that the worst that's likely to happen in that three-hour window is maybe some, some light, you know, showers, maybe some freezing rain. It's coming before that. It's starting tonight. And what that ha- what that affects through Saturday is the Cleveland Browns' ability to get into town. It affects the idea that uh, emergency responders, police, okay. you know, fire department, so forth, that would otherwise be at on duty at the game um 
won't be available to the city, <laughs> you know, to actually take care of a, a potentially dangerous, you know, weather situation. So that is why the NFL has decided, along with the Bills and the Browns, to just go to Detroit and play it indoors. Here's the irony. Buffalo is building a $1.4 billion stadium across the street from Highmark Park. It doesn't have a roof. So they're basically putting this, this mega, mega mansion stadium across the street, and they would still have to, you know what, go somewhere else to play if it ever snows really bad in Buffalo. Yeah, we discussed that earlier, Armando. That is crazy to think about, and that, that is in part taxpayer-funded. But to think about that money, when you get you know eight or nine home games a year in the regular seasons, all you're guaranteed to have one of those even every few years have to leave because of weather is a big blow. Is there any type – Hutton raised this question earlier – any type of compensation from the league – or anything that happens when you are forced to move a game because a of game. weather? Or is it just simply tough luck? Well, I know that the league will will kick in on the cost. Because uh, it's not, you know, moving from one town to another and moving an entire NFL team from one town to another uh, is not cheap. It's not inexpensive. So the league will help in the cost of of the Bills and and the Browns getting into Detroit and setting up in Detroit. But as far as you know, concessions and sales and 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 the people that would otherwise be working, uh, the NFL is not not doing that. Uh, speaking of losing games, uh, home games, the Bills right now. They're not hosting a home game in the playoffs, Armando. They'd be on the road. Um, kind of surprising, to be honest with you, how Josh Allen's been playing. Meanwhile, the Dolphins sit atop that division. You've got the Jets there, and the Bills currently 0-2 in the AFC East. What do you make of their their slide? I, I wrote this week, and by the way, I, I gave you credit in the, in the column. I said Armando Salguero, our soothsayer, uh, warned us about uh, Philadelphia. Um Buffalo, though, is I'm, I'm more surprised with with how they've lost these games, coming from the the hand and the arm of Josh Allen more than I am the fact that they've lost three games. Right, and two in a row. Right, and uh, Josh Allen has thrown six interceptions in the last, you know, I think three games. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, and he fumbled once as well. And he fumbled one in the end zone that went for a touchdown for the other team when his team was leading by four points with 36 seconds to play. So, no, not a great time of life for Josh Allen right now. And yesterday he was talking about how he has to stop playing hero ball and kind of play within himself. I really do believe, gentlemen, that Brian Dayball going to the New York Giants. Uh, a lot of brain drain has happened in Buffalo uh, the last year and a half. And I think that we're seeing some of the results of that. I'm not saying that, that Ken Dorsey is not a capable offensive coordinator. I'm not saying that Josh Allen doesn't get along with him or doesn't listen to him. 
I'm just saying that Brian Dable, you know, he had a he had a feel and a sense and and much more experience at the job. And I think we're seeing the results of that absence in the play of Josh Allen. Is there a, a chance we see Buffalo just stay in Detroit because they play there Thursday, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, and that goes back to the the whole idea of, you know, the NFL kicking in a couple of bucks okay. or a million here and there <laughs> and, and helping out and throwing a few turkeys or 50 in the uh, in the in, in in the kitty as well. So um, because you called it so well when we got excited about the Lions in the preseason and said, don't mm. get excited, they're going to no, be no. terrible. By we, he means me. Uh, I, well, I did too. I, I look. I, I, not I fell, naming names. I fell for the hard. Uh, Hutton, Hutton I, was more on, I, but I, I, I fell for hard knocks too, and you know, really liked the Lions also, and the rah rah nature of Dan Campbell and everything else. Yeah. Last week, Hutton is. We're talking about how great the Eagles look, and Armando comes in, our fortune teller. What, what did you describe? Our soothsayer. And then he says, "I don't. I'm, I'm not so sure on the Eagles. They go out and they lose at home to the Commanders." Armando, before I ask you about the next game, I want to ask you about: Do you have anything else you want to declare? Who else sucks? About some other team that you're just not so sure about right now that everyone's high on? Because right now, my friend, you're two for two on this show. Yeah, so you're giving me an opportunity to fall on my face. I'm or, serving it up for you, serving it up, or you have nothing, and we can. I can just ask you about the next game, or I can just play it safe and be two for two, right? Yeah, you could end batting a thousand. Yeah, let me see what kind of choice that is. Well, I got to step to the plate because you're giving me the opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm Cubans. We swing away, brother. <laughs> swing away. Armando Salguero with us, outkick.com. Um, Green Bay tonight. When you start to look at their path to postseason, a, a week ago it looked bleak, right? They, the backs it, definitely against the wall. It was it, To me, it, it felt like their last stand. Down 14 against Dallas only completing 14 passes in that game, but 230-some-odd yards, three touchdowns by Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson came to life. Point being, where do you see Green Bay going now, and does it kind of factor in on what you see tonight on a short week against the Titans? Right, so a lot of things going on here. First of all, Green Bay's wide receiver core, especially with Christian Watson stepping up, they have the potential now to be growing up. They seem to be growing up. And if that guy can start to stack, you know, good games or even, you know, good halves <laughs> together yeah. like he did last week, uh, the, the Packers will be much better. Also, if they play teams with terrible run defenses like – the Dallas Cowboys have, uh, that's going to be good for them too. The problem is they don't always play teams with terrible run defenses. And so they're not going to run for 178 yards or whatever it is that they got last week about the Dallas Cowboys. You saw today the difference between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles in their approach to this season. The Philadelphia Eagles have been as bad stopping the run on the interior as the Dallas Cowboys, as the Houston Texans, for that matter. They're like the fourth worst in the last month. So what did they do? 
Yesterday, they went out and signed Linval Joseph. Today, they went out and signed Endomican Sue. The Cowboys, in a similar situation, what have they done? Nothing. Zero. And so one team has an issue, sees it, goes and addresses it, and then the other team doesn't, and the other team is the Dallas Cowboys. Armando Salguero, our guest on OutKick 360. Uh, from a Titans perspective, really banged up. Tannehill's back. They don't win last week without him based on how many times they needed to throw the football against the, the Denver defensive efforts against Henry. Um, what, where do you see the ceiling for this team? Yeah, so I wrote about my guy, Ryan. Yeah, uh, your guy. On OutKick. And Dolphins Hall of Famer, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> you wrote about him. Put him in the ring, ring of honor. Of honor yes. <laughs> yes. Bring him back at Seven halftime. Years. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, you, you said it. Um, they don't win without Ryan Tannehill last week. I'll, I'll go further. They don't win without Ryan Tannehill the rest of this year because it's pretty clear that all the hopes and the hopes and the, uh, you know, the prayers yeah. and everything that was going on about Malik Willis, you know, stepping forward and taking that job and being some sort of sage, prodigious young guy. No, uh-uh. sorry. And, and so therefore Ryan is their best option. He's going to be fine in the regular season because he always has been fine and he probably will continue to be that. But I think I think we all know the playoffs will come, the Titans will be there, and the competition is different. And Ryan, you know, you know where I'm going? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've seen it play out two years in a row now. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you got to win different ways in the playoffs. Certain teams can, certain teams can't. And when Henry goes, when he's shut down and they need a, they need a drive, they need a big play. It's Henry or bust right now because not only it's not just about Tannehill now. AJ's not here too, right? So there's, I don't know who they're going to. Well, to be and, honest. and I, I'm going to flip this on another team. Are the Vikings a team that can win multiple ways when you get to the playoffs right now? Because I still sense that. It's a team that maybe we're not talking enough about. And I look down, and they're a one-and-a-half-point home underdog this week against the Cowboys, who have lost two more games than the Vikings this year. Yeah, that I don't understand. Uh, and to answer your question, yes, they can win multiple ways. They, can, they, they have arguably the best wide receiver in football. And Dalvin Cook is the truth. You saw him you know, with an 81 yard run against the Buffalo Bills last week. And everybody said, eh, you know, no big deal. They were still trailing by a couple of touchdowns, 81 yard touchdown run. That's hard to do in the NFL against defense, NFL defensive backs. And there he was pulling away. And so the Vikings, there's what holds them back is, you know, the guy with the chains on the plane. That's, <laughs> We don't know who is going to show up in that I, regard. I know. Playoffs. Hey, man. And it's not just the weight of the chains that's holding him back. It's the it's actual ability that's also holding him back because those chains look pretty heavy. The thing, though, is like he can throw it up to Justin Jefferson 
and that dude's coming down with it. Like, it is insane. Not just the one, the one, the fourth and 18 catch. I don't know where you'd put that. It's recency bias. We always jump to the, oh, this is the best thing we've ever seen. That is legitimately, though, based on just pure skill set, one of the best catches I've ever seen uh, with how he did that with one arm and brought it in on the way to the ground with one arm. With the defensive back, with two hands on the football, I bring it up because Kirk Cousins can just throw it to him on any down and distance, and chances are the one of the top, if not the best receiver in the game, other than Tyreek Hill right now, is coming down with the football. Yeah, now that you bring it up, I have to look at the the Bills defensive backs coach because yeah. uh, it's it's almost like you know they get mossed more than anybody yeah. a couple <laughs> of years ago with with uh, the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray throwing it up there to DeAndre Hopkins. That's right. Yeah. Uh, on a you know on a hail mary and this one and granted this one again the the injuries to the Bills defensive backfield is is serious. They don't have Tredavious White. For the last game, they didn't have Jordan Poyer. They don't have Micah Hyde. Uh, and so that's a lot of great talent that is not in the game. But they had all those guys against the Cardinals a couple of years ago, and it was still an amazing play. Uh, the Bills got to stop that. Stop it. Uh, just tying in the Bills once more. They're, of course, playing the Browns. The Browns are 3-6. and six. I'm not trying to go down this path where I think that they are, like, legitimately a playoff contender right now based on being three and six. We were discussing yesterday, though, they need to be around 500 by week 13 when Watson comes back. This does play a factor relocating this game and not having the snow game, um, at least to some benefit. Again, the Bills are vastly better. But this could end up putting them around 500 if they play this right. Um, and who knows? Because we have seen at times Brissett not actually turn the football over. We've seen at times Nick Chubb take over a game, and we have seen the Bills lose two in a row. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> last week I watched the Bills against the Dolphins. I mean, not the Bills, the the Browns, Browns. against the Dolphins. Yes. My God, they were horrible. Yes. And and Miles Garrett got erased, and Jadavian Clowney got erased. And Nick Chubb didn't factor. And I'm thinking, this is a horrible team. And on the second thought, maybe the Dolphins are really good. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, because they did things to the Browns. Uh, my guess is you wanted, you wanted Sue saying Prophet Armando? Yes. My guess is wherever this game is being played, and it's <laughs> being played in Motown, the Bills are going to kick the Browns' ass this week. I agree. It's going to be. It's going to. They're not going to lose three games in a row, wherever they play. Uh, the uh, the matchup coming up with, uh, and I've lost my train of thought. Oh, the Broncos Raiders. So the the comment was made by Nathaniel Hackett that one team has to win this game. I guess they could tie. <laughs> I guess they could tie, but. Uh, the report coming out that Josh McDaniels is in no threat of losing his job because the Raiders are, are hurting for cash on hand right now. Um, I was going to, you know, going into the, today, I was asking, like, well, I wonder who needs this win more among the head coaches based on the fact the Colts just beat Josh McDaniels. But it is Nathaniel Hackett now. Um, you can't just go and continue down this path, even though he's probably already a dead man walking. 
Right. You know who needs the game more than either of the two coaches is the two quarterbacks. Because on the one hand, you've got Derek Carr crying in press conferences. I mean, like, yeah, crying in press conferences and calling out teammates uh, for not caring as much as he does, which is a very dangerous thing. And on the other hand, you have Russell Wilson, who is declining in front of our eyes. Uh, trying to convince anyone, everyone, that he is not declining and he deserves the full $245 million of his contract that doesn't run out for another four <laughs> years. So that's a, those are high stakes right there. You're looking at two teams, you know, one quarterback fighting for his career because the Raiders will be in position if they keep going this way to replace him. And then on the other hand, you've got a guy that is, you know, trying to make his money and make sure that it doesn't go away. Armando, on the way out, I was told that you were you were working on something just before joining us. Um, you could either tease that for the site coming up, or do you have some news to pass along right now? Or are you still working on that? Oh, the well, I mean, I already wrote it. The Washington Commanders already. Is that what you're referring to? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm referring yeah. to. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Washington Commanders got sued again okay. for the second time in, in a week by the Washington District Attorney. The guy, uh, let me let me just say, guys, I don't love lawyers, especially when they're on the other side. Oh, yeah, I, I love them 50% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, this guy has decided he's going to be on the other side every single time. And he's come after the, uh, the Washington Commanders twice in one week. And he may not be done. This guy's writing down his notes right now. You know what's better than two lawsuits? Three lawsuits. So wait to write that story next week, right. Armando, because a third one's coming. What a week should be just about right. One of these will stick. That's that guy saying to himself right now. Um, I-, I will say this. I'm fully on board with Armando Salguero on the Philadelphia Eagles if, in fact, they lose to the Colts this week in the same manner we saw the Raiders fall. I don't know if we'll go that far on the way out, but, man, um, if that were to happen, Armando, I, I, I just want you to text me your picks so I can load up and, and bet the home uh, through outkick.com slash bet. We'll be reading your work, man. We always enjoy it, and we appreciate the segment each week. Thank you, man. All right, there's Armando Thanks, Salguero, outkick.com to read the latest there on uh, the Washington Commanders and more. Coming up, the latest NFL injury report update for you on OutKick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad, do you have Randall Cobb on your fantasy football team? I have no Packers or... No, I do have uh, Derrick Henry on one of my fantasy oh, football go. teams, but Good no Packers you. on either one. Play him tonight. Okay. Henry, I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, he was not in danger of uh, missing, a, <laughs> missing a start. I'll tell you that. I've got one team that 
I'm so beat up. I mean, I've got running backs that I had never heard of before I picked them up that's in there playing right now. That's not a good spot to be in. Like Dontrell Hilliard and others. Um, <laughs> Randall Naheem Cobb, Hines, by the way. Is, Naheem Hines is about to get a start on one of my teams, I think. <laughs> I, I, I bring up uh, Randall Cobb. He's been activated, um, and he will play. He'll join the wide receiving core with Alan Lazard and Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins. Of course, Romeo Dobbs is out with an ankle injury. Uh, the other big injury concern um, that would affect your fantasy team or maybe your favorite team or who they're playing, Matthew Stafford has clear concussion protocol. He's expected to play Sunday in New Orleans. So um, a game that felt like we may see or might see John Wolford against Jameis Winston will be Matthew Stafford against Andy Dalton on Sunday. The, the Saints at home, favored by three against the Rams. Of course, the Rams without Cooper Cup. He's on injured reserve. Yeah, Allen Robinson is on one of my fantasy teams, and I will be starting him. You would think that the absence of Cooper Cup will elevate his status with the team. I, and now it's not Wolford starting. Well, now it's going to be Matthew Jefferson Stafford. Too, you know? Yeah, both those guys you would Who's think back. will see an, a tick up in, in production. But um, it's it's a Rams team that's not going anywhere. I think oh, we but know, even know with, that at this even point. Even with Cooper Cup, they were not, yeah, it's not productive. Happening. Now it's definitely not happening with the Rams. With Cup on the field, Stafford has thrown for 1,900 yards eight touchdowns, eight interceptions in eight games. Quarterback rating of 84.9. That's 25th in the league. Now compare that to last year. Like, they have really dipped in their overall production. Hey, quickly, um, think about the possibility for the Packers tonight with a win at home. They're a, they're a field goal favorite over the Titans. Just how big of a five days this would be for the fortunes of their season. To beat the Cowboys at home when well, they were down 28-14, to push it to overtime – to win it, and then to beat a six and three Titans team, and get to five and six in that short amount of time. Five and six, and you have ten days to prepare for the Eagles. Aaron Rodgers said it after the game: "We're not dead yet." You know, he didn't make any big proclamations about where they're going, but just said, "We're not dead yet." This would give them a lot of life at five and six with these two wins. Their next couple. I mean, they've got the Eagles after tonight. To your point. On the, on the road in Philly. Then they go to Chicago, who they have owned. Aaron Rodgers says he owns, you know, owns the Bears. It's tough they, to argue that, too. Then they host the Rams, who, again, not good. Uh, then they travel to Miami on Christmas Day. That's going to be tough. A, a game that we'll all be watching over any NBA product. That that's day. true, yeah. I'll be watching that over Clippers Warriors on, on Christmas Day. And I don't even know if that's a real game. That's happening, Probably. but I just I put it together. Steph Curry put up 50, and they lost last night. Fun our, times. Our Suns. The Suns won last night. I do know that. Headlines next. Look at my NBA knowledge.